Welcome to the Travel and Beyond podcast with me, Daisy Ayres. Come with me on this incredible journey as I share my experience of immigrating from the UK to Australia and everything life throws at me in between. Join me for candid conversations, unfiltered advice and moments of laughter as we shine a light on the highs and lows of this adventure. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Travel and Beyond podcast and today's episode I've been so excited to record because I've got Joanne on from Sky Pet Travel. Uh, So you guys will know I mentioned Sky Pet Travel a few episodes ago saying that we are bringing Pepper over by using this service and I've been speaking to Joanne um, on and off for a few months now actually trying to get her on because I just love this business I really think it's such a cool business idea. I really obviously believe in it because I'm using it. And I wanted to get Joanne on to tell us all about it. And obviously, hopefully, there might be some people listening that would benefit from this service as well. So, Joanne, if you want to just give a quick introduction to who you are and what Sky Pet Travel is. Hi, Daisy. Thanks for having me. Um, so, I'm Joanna, uh, founder of Sky Pet Travel. Um, we are a pet travel company based in Australia so we are uh, essentially a pay per seat charter service for pet owners to have a different option um, to fly their pets in cabin instead of the traditional method of cargo Um, and we concentrate on flights in and out of Australia and New Zealand. Thank you and I think that's how I mainly came across you guys because when we started the process a year ago and we knew we wanted to bring our um, pet with us we then learned that obviously all pets have to go in cargo and Mm -hmm. it's just a horrible horrible thought Mm -hmm. um Peppa's rich she's just spoiled to be honest (laughs) she's really spoiled but she's she's good with humans she doesn't really like dogs and I just picture her being so scared under there and Mm -hmm. it was a friend and said they'd you know seen your company on Facebook have a look into them and I think for so many people it's probably just changed their whole immigration process of having that peace of mind that their pet doesn't have to go in the cargo and can't go in the cabin yeah definitely yeah Yeah. um it just yeah it is um I mean uh, we'll we'll get into it later into the conversation of why I started but it is such a stressful part of um, moving overseas is is how they're going to travel how they're going to get there and um, just to have an alternative option I think it's so important and and there's just so many different reasons why we might want the pets to travel cargo or they can't Um, you know there's not not options for snub nose breeds and Uh, pets uh, may have various diseases or illnesses that they just can't um, that a lot of airlines just refuse to um, take them because of the too many risks so um, you know some pet owners are just left with uh, actually no options and they have to really um, you know think about if they're going to be able to move or not because there's nothing there's no other option out there so it really is bringing yeah a different service to those who need it essentially yeah and obviously most people can't afford to charter a private jet on their own there's a lot of people you know from the start Aaron said I'm only going if Pepper's coming it was you know Mm. non-negotiable she absolutely has to come um so just a little bit about you for background because obviously you're from the UK we can tell by your accent yeah (laughs) 
long have you lived in Australia for? Um, so Liam, my husband and I, we uh, originally came over here 11 years ago. So it'll, just, it'll be 11 years in about two weeks time, actually. So um, we came, um, so we're both from Devon. Uh, we came here on working holiday visas. So originally we just planned to sort of travel yeah. Australia, um, New Zealand um, and be here sort of for, for the two years that we, we could be here for. Um, at the end of the, those two years, we realised that we really loved it here and wanted to stay. So um, we did have to move back uh, to the UK for a little while while we processed uh, our visas. Um, so we came into Australia on 189. Um, oh, yeah. I think that the 189 is the uh, migrant visa um where you get a permanent you just get permanent residency due to your the trade that you're in in my in my husband's case it was uh, electrician so um while we were waiting while we were going through that process you'll know you're going through it, it now it can be time consuming so get having all the tests and, and the IELTS and and all of that we uh moved to New Zealand uh so we were actually in New Zealand for a we lived there for about 10 months so while we were going started all the process we were there and um, you know, um, went through all the hoops um, and then we got permanent residency uh, and that, the permanent residency came through in 2016 and then we moved back to Australia. So it was a few years sort of on and off traveling and coming back and forth um, before we got that. Um, and we lived in quite a few places uh, in Australia. We've lived in Darwin, um, Queensland. Um, we lived in Sydney for a little while, Adelaide, and then we settled in Perth for about five years. Um, um, then we ended up in the Pilbara for, for a couple of years and in 2020 that's when we got our citizenship so we're um, both uh, Australian citizens now as well so we've just got the broad, uh, dual British and, and Australian citizenship so, um, so yeah it's been it's been quite a journey um, can't quite believe it's been 11 years um, but it just yeah it just flies by and, and yeah before you know it you're yeah <laughs> sort of uh do you yeah. ever miss the uk uh yes we do i i think um the one thing about being an expat and um there's uh there's a facebook group called, called ping pong poms i don't know if you you're aware of it but essentially it's just um a lot of people move over here and then you you're kind of um in this zone I believe of never really feeling a hundred percent settled so there's mm -hmm. aspects of England obviously, obviously you miss but then you know um the lifestyle in Australia is lovely for us um so re really it just boils down to family I think um yeah. I think if you're if, if our family could be over here then we would be really um you know 100% happy but uh we really love the lifestyle over here and, it, and it's good for the dogs and everything so we're pretty settled but um you know it's all, always nice to have family over here and um and then go back to yeah. England for the home comforts and takeaways and <laughs> things are just not the same you know have some fish and chips and, and things like that so um yeah it's um yeah I think yeah when you're an expat it's just always um yeah you're always a little bit torn I think that would be the main thing for us I don't think we'll miss actually lifestyle in England and living mm. in England with family and friends but it's so yeah. easy to keep in contact with people nowadays isn't it I know it's not yeah. the same 
actually being there and you probably feel like you miss out maybe on some things when there's mm. weddings and do's and things like that yeah but I think I don't think we'll look back in terms of the quality of life that yeah 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 and look have no regrets it's um it's not permanent you know you nothing is permanent so whether like you you move over here and and decide it's not for you you can always move back it's not uh, especially like when you've got to the point that like we've got with your citizenship it's um makes it for a a little bit simpler apart from Mm. moving the dogs but (laughs) we'll get into that (laughs) Yeah. Right. So let's go into a bit more detail about Sky Pet Travel. So, what made you start the business? Okay. So it was um, going back to late 2021. Um, my husband Liam and I we were living up in the Pilbara at the time. So um, it was during you know sort of when COVID there was a lot of restrictions there was a lot of restrictions in Australia and certainly in Western Australia, they were very strict with in and out travel. So you couldn't, uh, there was a period of time where you couldn't um, say fly to England without coming back and then having to go into hotel quarantine. And they, they wouldn't let you um, do that if, if you weren't of a certain criteria and all of that. So it just, it felt like it was ongoing for quite a while and uh, obviously at that point um end of 2021 we'd been in that midst of it for about 18 months at that point so we um we were looking at moving back to the UK because we thought okay look is this going to be an ongoing thing you know we don't want to be away from our families anymore and we just want to get back in um you know you just you don't know what you don't know right so you don't know what's gonna be happening in the future so um I started looking at uh ways that we could get the dogs back and um I'd actually personally never um gone through the pet travel process before Apart from, as I said, Rue, one of um, our youngest dog, he came uh, as a puppy from Queensland. Um, uh, I certainly didn't enjoy that experience. Um, I thought it was very stressful for him. And I didn't like when he came, um, he was on the flight. It just seemed a very long time. I mean, even coming from Queensland, he was um you know put in his crate dropped off at the airport quite a few hours before um by the breeder and then he uh had a five-hour flight over here and then when they landed that we didn't get him for about two and a half hours after he landed so then you know he's a eight-week-old puppy at this point and then I remember when he came around the corner and he was like really screaming howling and um I just never really forget that um that sound and I just felt so guilty in that moment for having put him through that experience um and just really wish that there could have been something um better for him and and I guess that was also part of me not really knowing anything about the that industry and um never had gone through anything like that before I just thought you know that that's just you know the only the only options and Queensland is so far from what Perth so it wasn't like it was easy for us to just to go and drive and get him so it, it wasn't really 
a thought in in my you know in my mind so anyway then fast forward so we we actually got him in 2020 so then fast forward to end of 2021 um and we started looking into getting the dogs back and i just knew straight away like cargo was never going to be an option and also the other two are rescues and i just didn't want them to go through anything traumatic um the youngest is also a very nervous dog and i just know that they just wouldn't cope in that environment that's just my dogs i mean there are a lot of dogs out there who would just go in a crate and the journey would be smooth sailing and, and there's, there's no worries at all but I think you know your own dogs don't you and I just know that it would be traumatic for them it would yeah. be traumatic for me and I would just rather not move than put them through that mm-hmm. so um when I was looking into it there was no other there was no other options there was nothing out there um there were I mean, I looked into boats. Where where could I get? We've what what? Up. Yeah, what what is the nearest country I could get to, and then drive the rest of the way to Europe? I was like, if we can just get to Singapore, then I could surely yeah. get a train or a drive or something like stupid things. I I went down a very deep hole of looking into any way that I could get them there that wouldn't cause them to I guess one be away from me from the jet like as part of the journey and then two uh, to keep it as less traumatic as possible so um I started looking into chartering private jets um I know it's quite a few people who've looked into that before and then you suddenly realize okay it's quite expensive so um and then you're brought back down a peg or two straight away when you realize that okay right it's hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. that's not feasible um then i started putting out the idea of okay on a few expat groups does anyone want to um you know we've I've, I've had a quote for this private jet does anyone want to share the costs and we'll go together um, but even at that point, you know, you're still talking at a very high cost, yeah. uh, and especially when we've got three dogs. So uh, there was a lot of people interested, though. So on a lot of the expat groups, I got into conversations um, with a lot of people who said, oh, you know, it would be really great if there was a cabin option. You know, there's no other options but cargo. Um, and then I st- started to learn about the difficulties uh, with stubnose breeds um Mm -hmm. so uh the routes that they have to go on if it's you know a lot of airlines don't accept them anymore so the options are really limited i mean i think you mentioned um yeah on your previous podcast uh about the options from the uk at the moment are you know via la and uh, and then on to melbourne from there and it's quite a long journey they've got a kennel um yeah. part part way through their journey and uh that in, in itself you know can cause quite a lot of stress uh, on the animals so um mm. and then also the aspect of i guess there's quite a few points why we created it in the end i learned about the difficulties with all the stuff those breeds um i guess generally just those people who just don't want to put their uh, pets in cargo and just want a different option for them there's also the 
um, pets that uh, have diseases or illnesses that can completely stop them from flying. A lot of um, airlines actually completely refuse them because if, if they've got something, uh, heart disease or something, and, and not um, necessarily that something that is end of life or anything like that. It's just that it's too complicated and too risky to fly them by cargo. So again, they don't have any other option. So while I was going through the process of, you know, finding all of this out, I thought, okay, well, we need to do something about this. There needs to be something. We need to have an alternative um, option. So then cut that long story short after, uh, after a few months of sort of going back and forth with a few people, I yet created Sky Pet Travel um, on the basis of, we would we would charter the private jet as a company and then we would um sell the seats as paper you know paper seat rather than someone having to charter the jet um themselves yeah. and then having that cost um borne by them and you know the cost is spread out with a um with a company that organizes it and then you know it just becomes that service um so yeah that's sort of how we yeah how it came about why we started in the first place um yeah so that's that's it i love it it's so good that you you know you've looked into everything and it is hard and what i keep thinking as well is if we were to fly pepper via the la route that's traumatizing in itself mm-hmm. but then she has to go into quarantine for 30 days so it's not like she's going through that experience and it's 48 hours let's say and then she's reunited with us yeah yeah that thing then they go through that traumatizing experience then they go to somewhere that they've never been before they don't know Mm. anyone there yeah that part of it as well I think adds to the thing of like oh my god I really don't want to put her through that it seems cruel so I think yeah good good for you for looking Mm. into everything and realizing a gap in the market as I say I've kind of been following for about a year now and I think you hadn't done your first flight when I first started following you and then when I saw you you did your first flight I was so happy mm-hmm. to see that you've done your first flight because it must have been a relief for you to yeah. know that okay this is actually going to work and yeah. it is a service that we can provide to people that will benefit them so much so when was your first flight it was last year wasn't it yeah yeah so the first flight um took off in june 2023 yep so we flew um we flew from london to melbourne uh we stopped uh, in dubai and the maldives on the way and uh, we did um some passengers got off in dubai so we flew some passengers london to to dubai uh with their pets and then some got on and then we flew on to melbourne um we had few fewer pets coming into melbourne on that flight than we did it on our second flight um uh we had four dogs getting off in melbourne in june and then we flew the next day we flew melbourne dubai um we actually went by Paris as well and then to London so we again we did drop off some pickups in those locations as well so uh we were full on the way back um that time were you on the flight I was yeah yeah so I actually I actually fly on all the flights so 
Uh, I, fl I fly the routes back to back as well. So we'll wow. fly London to Melbourne, um, of course, drop off all those passengers and pets. And then the next day we fly back from Melbourne to London. Uh, so I'll, 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 I'm on both uh, routes and I fly on, on the flights because I have chaperone pets with me. So again, that's just another a service I wanted to offer as an alternative, you know, to just flying uh, with your pet. It's, you know, mm. yeah, as you well, said, to know what is the flight actually like? Because I've seen the photos mm. and you can kind of think what it would be like, but what's it like? Yeah, yeah. So it is special. Um, I mean, it's unlike, um, I mean, of course, for, for most people, flying privately is not, the norm and it certainly was never for me um i you know i didn't even fly business class to and from australia so when i um was experiencing this it's like it's, yeah it's a completely different way of travel you know we fly from private terminals um from london so the whole the whole experience right from the get-go is completely different so you're not going through any commercial airports you're not going through the custom queues or anything like that so there's no stress for the pets yeah. on that side of things either so you just get to the private terminal you go into the lounge all the passengers and the, and the dogs can mingle if they want to and then um we just all um usually the the plane is just parked right outside the the, the lounge so you just go through the doors on the other side and then you just walk onto the onto the plane so it's nice and easy um usually there's a bit of hype in the lounge where all the dogs are really excited and it can be um a little bit noisy where they're all um hyper and everything but it's quite strange when when you actually get on the aircraft and all the dogs are in their little spaces and they're with uh, you know they're either with their owners or they're with the chaperones it's almost just like they know right okay we're gonna be here for a while we're just gonna settle in now so they get into their spots and then they just lay down um and uh, i'm not just saying this a lot of them just um are so chilled out when we take off it's like they don't even know what's yeah. what's happening so they uh, a lot of them just just take it in their stride really and they just sit with us and then by by the time we're up and we've been in the air 15 minutes a lot of them are already asleep so it's just i think the calmness of the cabin you know we've we only have up to 10 passengers with their pets as well so it's it's generally quite a quiet cabin um yeah. from that point we also take off in the evening so a lot of the dogs and us are, are getting tired by that point so yeah. um into you know a couple of hours into the flight the lights are turned off and we all have a snooze and then by you know by the time we might get to dubai um we sort of get them up and and, and then we've got a toilet set up in the back area as well so in the passenger toilet we'll put um we have sort of like puppy pads and artificial turf and things like that. So every me as a chaperone um, with the dogs that I have every couple of hours, I will take them to the, the back area just to see if they want to go. And of course, they can have um, that they have their water bowls at their seats um, throughout the flight um, if they want to drink. Um, yeah. And if the if the owners want to bring some treats on board, they can. 
uh, we do recommend not feeding full meals uh, around six hours prior to, to flying just to avoid motion sickness and you know upset tummies and things like that um and and yeah the process is um surprisingly yeah calm calming for them and they are even though it's um it's still sort of just under a 24 hour journey to australia they actually cope really well and i think a lot you know a lot of that's down to is that they're with people and they're with other dogs that are experiencing the same things and there's nothing going on around them that's stressful for them um there's no yeah loud noises or you know darkness they're not um putting you know in their crates or anything like that um obviously when we we get to melbourne they they do go off to quarantine so um and then yeah it's the same it's the same coming back as well we fly from private terminals from melbourne we use melbourne um jet base um and again it's the same thing we yeah you know just get get into the lounge and um and then go so it's a really um yeah calming um process for them so that sounds so good and if you ever need a chaperone aaron said he's having <laughs> He's like, that would be my job. I get surprisingly uh, a lot of people emailing me asking for that job. Yeah, Yeah, dream, dream job for animal lovers. Mm, Um, mm. And then one thing, and this is more like for my personal question, really, (laughs) but I'm sure I'm quite useful. When when you land in Melbourne, yeah, then I guess the dogs get put into their crates, and then are they? picked up by someone from the quarantine facilities and taken there or what happens to that end yeah yeah so the dogs do have to um be in their carriers um upon upon landing in melbourne so before um when we come into land they they're they're in their crates um and the cabin door opens usually the process is border force will come on first they will process all the passengers, check their passports. Then um, PEQ, um, which um, stands for Post Entry Quarantine, um, the bio, uh, they have a biosecurity team. Um, they actually drive onto the tarmac where the um, private jet comes into. So they actually park right up alongside the jet. Um, mm-hmm. They board the aircraft, they take the the pets documentation um they take them off the aircraft load them onto the vans and then they take them to the facility um now that process is really quick as well they they'll they'll have all the pets off within um 20 minutes um half an hour um they load them into the van and then they go to the facility and sort of usually within 25 minutes and half an hour of them leaving the aircraft with all the pets I will then get an email to say that all of the pets have, have been checked into the facility. Okay. So that side of it's really quick. And another benefit of flying, I guess, privately over flying cargo is that sometimes when they come in by cargo, they obviously have to be loaded off commercial aircrafts. They're then taken to the cargo terminal facility uh at melbourne airport and then the quarantine staff pick them up from there so there can be a bit of de- a delay in them in that happening you know them being taken to the facility and then the, them getting picked up and taken to quarantine so it's generally a lot quicker uh, again a lot better for 
the snub-nosed breeds as well because it means that they they spend minimal time traveling in their crate to the facility because they're just they just gone and um they just you know get there really quickly so that's a another massive positive to it and then if there is someone that's going on the flight with their pet what's the experience like for the human because obviously Mm. we spoke about the pets but there will be people listening that will want to come on with their pets so in terms of like the flying experience what's that like for the human so in terms of i guess what you get on the aircraft um so we um you'll get your um meals so like depending on what what time of the flights are like you know your breakfast lunch dinner and your snacks um yeah. at a full drinks menu as well so um obviously you are private flying privately so there's that aspect of it um again yeah. you're flying from private terminals you're flying into private terminals so that whole yeah. experience is the same uh, as as, you, as for the for the pets as well so yeah. it's quick it's easy the process is there's no long custom queues or anything like that no no waiting around um the baggage is um taken from you as soon as you get to the lounge it's put straight on the aircraft and um same when you land say you land in melbourne or you man landed in mel um london the when you get to the so, it's different in Melbourne and London sorry so of course when we're landing in in London the pets don't have to go to quarantine so it's a little bit of a different um, Mm. setup so we usually come into Farnborough Airport which is just outside of London um, which is a completely private um, airport Um, they actually the the pet import officer will board the aircraft they scan all of the dogs check that the documentation matches to the pet and then they can literally walk off it's really easy and then in the while that's happening some the the luggage guys are also just taking all the luggage out of the back they just place it in front of the aircraft um whoever's picking you up whether you've arranged a taxi a family member or, or a friend they can actually pull right up alongside the aircraft as well to get to get you so you'll literally come down the steps and then you can get pick your bags up and get straight into the car with the dog and and you're gone so that process is just yeah completely unlike any other experience that you'll have um even if you're flying first class you don't get that um experience so um obviously in melbourne it's slightly different because when you get there the dogs have to go into quarantine um although the um your family and friends can still come and meet you at the lounge and pick you up but it's just a a slightly different process but again really easy um there's also shower facilities that you can use at Farnborough and Melbourne Airport so if you just want to freshen up before you go on your onward journey you can um, yeah. so overall it's just yeah a lovely experience um, and yeah for, for, for humans and, and for pets <laughs> yeah. what are your upcoming flights that you've got available this year so we are we're running a flight in, um at the end of may um this year so we are going from london to Dubai. we're actually stopping in singer singapore um this time as well um and then we're going on to melbourne um the london to melbourne sector is actually sold out for may but we do have um we have one space on the london to dubai sector only for that route um on the way back we have again melbourne 
Singapore, Dubai to London. We've still got a few spots left remaining on that sector. Um, we then will have another UK Australia flight in at the end of August. Um, tickets for that flight will actually become available in the next couple of weeks. So we're just preparing um, for that release. We will also be going on to New Zealand again with the end of August flight. Um, whereas we won't be with May, but we'll we'll do that at the end of August. Um, we also are going to be releasing some US flights as well this year. So um, we're just going through um, the US Department of Transportation. There's a little bit more of a process. So we're hoping to have Pepper on the August flight because mm -hmm. we are ideally hoping to be going by July. But obviously the difficult thing is knowing when our visa is going to come in yeah um, that's it um, from there so do you think will there be any other flights in 2024 are you planning or will it um yes we are looking at another flight um towards the end of 2024 so let me just think um we we will we may possibly may be looking at the end of november um, so we're going to run on the basis of, of potentially every three or four months. Mm -hmm. um, and that will mostly depend on demand. So um, once we're finalised the May flight and then we've, we're opening the booking for the August flight, sort of in the next few months, we'll then release another flight for the end of 2024 if there's demand for it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it might not be until... Uh, the beginning of 2025 um, so it really just depends on uh, at the moment I've got quite a lot of interest building up already for the end of August flight so I think that will fill relatively quickly once it's released uh, which will then probably fuel us to add another flight on towards the end of 2024. Um, we also will be releasing US flights later in the year um, so we're just going through uh, um, an application, um, not an application process, sorry, it's just an approval process with the US Department of Transportation. We're hoping to have those flights bookable um, by next month. Uh, that route will involve Melbourne, Auckland and Los Angeles and then the opposite direction as well. So LA, Auckland, Melbourne. Um, so it will just give uh, an opportunity for those going for, to and from the US to also have the service. Yeah. Exciting. Mm, yeah. And also, sorry, I don't know if I mentioned uh, adding Singapore into the mix as well. So if anyone wants to travel Melbourne to Singapore or vice versa, that will be an option. Um, we also may have an option to and from Singapore, from London as well. Although like our main focus is always going to be flights to and from Australia and New Zealand and connecting people with where you know with us because um, yeah. we're an Australian company and that's what we want to focus on um, so yeah it's just really I guess also as demand grows as well we might expand our routes in the future but those are the routes that we're just going to be concentrating for now that's a lot of routes though yeah yeah it, and oh sorry I forgot most importantly um, we've just um, announced a bi-monthly service between Australia and New Zealand. So we will be um, yeah, running flights every other month between just those two countries um, and uh, we'll alternate between Brisbane and Sydney um, for yeah. now. So, every, you know, every other flight will be 
the different city and then um that will be going to and from Auckland so it'll just give people the chance um who are just going between those two countries also uh Australia and New Zealand have got a quarantine free agreement so you can freely travel without the need for quarantine um on either end Oh, and yeah. then what paperwork? What paperwork does someone need to have prepared in order to book the flight for their pet? Do they need to have gone through any of the sort of checks that need to be done, um, the vaccinations, etc., before they can reserve a spot? Um, not necessarily. So it's dependent on, I guess, how far out we are. If we're um, if we're less than six months out from a flight, I I do prefer to speak to people who are going to book before they make the booking if they're flying London to Melbourne or any flight into Australia um, yeah. just because likely as you're aware um, the process to get pets into um, the country it's, it, the the time that takes around six to seven months so we do like to make sure if the site flight sooner than that that they've already got their rabies vaccination they've already done their kids test and just make sure that they'll comply with the entry date um then yeah so we check all of that over generally mm -hmm. before anyone books we'll have be having those conversations anyway so um if they haven't started the process and say for example we've got the um august flight coming up um sorry daisy one of my dogs is saying walk time um the um we've got an import preparation package so if someone wasn't hadn't started the process yet we pro provide them with a guideline of everything they need to do um, when they need to go to their vet appointments what they need to ask for so all the blood tests all the vaccinations the parasite treatments all of that we walk you through all of that process we'll also yeah. apply for the import permit book the quarantine space and that's yeah. mainly focused around our flights and um preparation for our flight dates um yeah. and yeah um like the we've got quite a few passengers that are on the um, may flight who um are going through that process now so we're just waiting for a few of the import permits to come back and then we can book quarantine and then um yeah it's just um yeah we walk you yeah through through that whole process and the same when you're going back um or if you're relocating to the uk we do all the export process so arranging for the health certificate to be completed um yeah. the export certificate and all those things that need to be done before you leave the country and also sending it to farnborough airport before you get there yeah so you can really offer a one-stop shop kind of service yeah, yeah that's it and the appointments and everything like that but in terms of the official paperwork if yeah. people are working with you I think that makes it much easier as well, rather than having to deal with another agent for some parts of it. Yeah, um, that's it. Much easier. Yeah, yeah. And some people are already engaged with um, pet agents in the UK, so we also don't mind working alongside the agents. And there's quite a yeah. few agents in the UK that are just happy to to support the passengers in that aspect, and they'll just carry on with that. Um, yeah. and then, um, yeah, if they want us to take over, we can, if, but if they just want to run through the whole thing, then yeah, we're, we're happy with that as well. And we'll work with them. 
And then finally, because we've given a lot of information, but obviously there is so much more that we could speak about. Yeah. Where can people go to find out more information about your services, the flights um, and how they can book? Yeah, so they can uh, visit our website. So it's skypettravel.com.au. Um, Sky is spelt with an E, so um, just just remember that. Um, but we'll put we'll put the links in in the bottom of this video anyway. Um, so yeah, on the website we've we've got where we fly, when when we're going to fly. If we haven't re- released flights yet, but they're on the website, you can join our wait list to be to be notified when they come out. Um, We've also got a frequently asked questions page. We've got a page uh, about imports and exports, um, about the import packages we offer to Australia and New Zealand, and just a little bit about our service and you know what we offer and yeah how we're we differ. I guess how our service is different from the traditional pet travel method. Yeah, so I'll link everyone. I'll link the website in the show notes and the socials. Make sure you go and follow the socials because the content is so good because you get to see all the flight. uh, Sorry, you get to see all of the pets in the flight. And we love looking at the photos Mm -hmm. and people tag you and things. And you get to see when the pets come out of quarantine. It's really nice. So Mm -hmm. make sure you follow the socials as well. But just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to come on because I know you're really busy. But second of all, thank you so much for setting the service up because it's just incredible and it's just given such a good option to us Um, and that peace of mind, I think, when we're trying to get go through that process of transporting pepper, it just makes it that little bit easier. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. you. I appreciate that. And yeah, it's been lovely. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for having me on and letting me... um yeah talk about sky pet travel the journey and how it started i haven't had an opportunity to really um do um anything like this um yeah i just haven't yeah haven't had the time um it's, it's something i've wanted to do yeah for a while and to talk about it more on a personal level and actually sh- you know show my face and this is who i am behind the business so yeah it's yeah. been great i really appreciate um you having me on Thank you. And we can't wait to see Pepper on board and get lots of photos of her. Yeah, can't (laughs) wait. Thank you so much. And guys, if you have got any questions, and like I said, follow Joanne on socials. And there's also contact information on the website. um, And she's got so much information. So, yeah, just reach out if you've got Mm -hmm. anything we haven't covered today. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Daisy. Appreciate it. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.